Jazz Experience, Season 2. Let's go! Thanks for joining us for Season 2. Join the conversation with Nat, Dez, and friends as they share how to transform culture through family. Hey guys, welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. On today's episode, we have a returning guest who's not only a great friend, but also a spiritual son of ours, Drake Oyao. You might remember if you listened to a previous episode of this season called Dread Champions Arise, which we had a conversation about generations. And we want to continue that conversation today. Specifically, there's so much that has been said about millennials, both good and bad. And there's multi-generations on the face of the earth. But one of the areas that I feel like that gets left out is Generation Z and Generation Alpha, which both me and Des, we have both of those. We have our oldest daughter, Generation Z, who just started a youth group this year. And then we have Generation Alpha, which is our uh, younger kids. And because we have such a passion for family this season, and we understand that kingdom and family go hand in hand, this is really about how do we build generationally? And because there's been so much focus on other generations, sometimes these other generations aren't looked upon or talked about. And we want to have a conversation today. We've been having this ongoing conversation of how can we build and how can we be prepared for Generation Z and Generation Alpha? Yeah. Welcome back to the show, Drake. So good to have you. Yes. I'm so excited to be here. I love you guys so much. Love this podcast. (laughs) It's, uh, it's amazing. I've listened to a bunch of episodes myself. And, well, we're excited to have you in our new studio. We're live from our brand new studio, and oh, so we're excited yeah. about that. Hey, Drake, so for the listener that uh, maybe hasn't heard you before, can you just share a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I am 26. When I was 16, encountered God in a camp Matt spoke at, uh, radically uh, encountered Jesus, encountered the presence, seen these amazing testimonies, miracles, like, wow, Jesus is real, eye-opening experience. <laughs> and then joined a school of ministry with Matt and Dez, uh, then go on youth pastor with them. And then they have a transition here to Vacaville. And then me and my now wife felt that same transition. So we moved here. I now youth pastor at the Mission Vacaville. And uh, I love it here. Yeah, it's so awesome to have you and, and your wife, Kirsten. Shout out, Kirsten, what's going yeah. on? Woo-hoo. Uh, we got to get you guys both on the episode here, too. Um, but Drake, so we've been having this on- ongoing conversation. Currently, you're pastoring the Generation Z right now. Yep. And uh, for those who are listening, whether they're a parent or a leader, uh, we really want to hit this conversation. How can we prepare uh, Generation Z yeah. to be able to step into their destiny to be able to create legacy and inheritance for them. I know you've had some really good thoughts and uh, we just wanna have this conversation today. So I feel like one of the biggest things that I've noticed is it's so funny and I think sometimes in church culture we can say something, but you know, do we really believe it? And, yeah. that's, and that's so important. And so I think with young people, sometimes I think we, we talk about the message of David and Goliath and how amazing David was. And he's, you know, he's 16, 17. But I yeah. think after we have that amazing sermon, we go home and we don't treat our son and daughter, or I don't relate to the student like they are like a 17-year-old David who could do something that could, you know, shift a nation. And so I think there's something to honor, even though, you know, you're parenting sometimes, kids are not the greatest and they say, you know, but you still have to keep the honor that God lives inside them. And I think that's, that's, I feel like that's a big part of it. It's just, you can only call out the gold if you believe the gold that's inside them. I love that because 
you know, if you think about it, you hit about David, but you also have Mary, who, yeah. you know, theologians say she could have been anywhere from the age range of 13 to 16. Yep. And a lot, and then you have King Josiah, who led a whole kingdom, yeah. and he was a young man in his teenage. And so you see these young teenage leaders yep. who had the responsibility that shift nations and shift the world. And I love that, bro. That That is just like... I mean, you're rocking me now. My, my, I'm looking at my daughter Hayden like, whoa. I mean, she's just years away yeah. to be, I mean, they could be a world changer right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I really think that uh, it's so interesting that the pressures of the world that we live in, it's yeah. so fast moving that what happens is, and many times, and you know, for students, especially if they're, they're not in their word, they, you know, they may not have a pastor or, you know, whatever, that they can take on the pressure. I need to do this and I need to be in a rush. I need to be in a rush. And they never realized that, you know, with David and Goliath, the reason why David was able to do that is because he had a history with God. Mm. He was present with God. You know, he had the, you know, he defeated the bear. He did, you know, he defeated the lion. And it's that ability to be present is what caused that, you know, him to defeat Goliath. And, and so I think, man, for young people and for parents that, you know, what God is doing in young people today is as significant as what he'd be doing in 10 years. Like wow. God's not in a rush with you know, young people. Yeah. And I just think we forget the ability how to dream with what can God do with a 15-year-old. You know? you know what's so interesting is you're talking about building history. And I think yeah. one of the things that I'm seeing uh, just as a parent, even with our children, Hayden being our eldest uh, Generation Z, and then our other three, um, Peyton, Riley, and Gavin being Generation Alpha, is that both of these generations are overstimulated. Yeah. Like there is so much, they're overstimulated. And as a youth pastor, it was different. I remember growing up in youth and it was different. We didn't, we, there wasn't an overstimulation. So <laughs> I think probably yeah. we were actually more bored, so we did dumb stuff. But now there's so much overstipulation for them. I see an issue that could be is that, you know, when it comes to spirituality, especially the prophetic gifts, where we develop a, an awareness, spiritual awareness, which requires being still and knowing that he's God. Now you have the challenge of having these overstipulated uh, youth come into youth group and trying to position them to have a history with God and build a spiritual awareness how has that been challenging? What are some keys that you can give to us as leaders and parents, how we can begin to develop that spiritual side within a generation that's overstipulated? That's a really, really good question. And I think that is the biggest challenge for young people today is not only are they the most, um, they have the most distractions and yeah. overstimulated, um, but you know, Gen Z is also on part of being the most educated. Yes. So there, you know, there's a sense of distraction and then there's a sense of education. And so they always are doing something, yeah. you know? And so I, I truly believe the biggest thing for students that I've seen be successful is two things. I think number one is when you have the most educated generation that we're seeing, even though they may not act that way sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> is you need to have Saul to Paul encounters. You know, we need to pray as parents for Saul to Paul encounters and as leaders because um, it's those encounters because they have so many options. I love what, you know, Banning Leapshire's talked about that. With, with, with a generation with so many options, their yes to Jesus is going to be even more powerful. Wow. And, and so I think the yes to God becomes a lot more clear. Like, oh man, I'm actually going to spend time with God. I'm going to allot this time because I value it. 
and it's easier to see a life lived out for God because it's so different than the normal world. So yeah. I do feel like when students have encounters, hey man, it looks like you spend time with God. And I think because their times are already so, um, they're doing so many things, I think it's gonna be easier for them to realize, oh, this actually looks different than normal world. Yeah. And the other thing I think is, um, is to take students out, for me taking students out, and spending time and asking questions. That's good. Trying to dive deep in what's in their heart. I think a lot of times people will stick to a screen because um, no one's having deep conversations, yeah. you know, and any much anymore with younger people. And their conversations are very, they're so fast and they're so, they're not deep at all, yeah. you know? And, and gotcha. so I think having more conversations and understanding them and there's something about human to human connection that they don't know that they need until they have it. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. Um, you know, going back to what you kind of first started out with talking about David, and the whole fact of having history with God. And, yeah. and sometimes, and I feel like this is because we're parents, I can speak to this. This is such a temptation. Um, not only is there overstimulation, but I feel like our generation, right, wrong, indifferent, has kind of gone on the other side of the pendulum with trying to protect our children from things because wow. there's so much access information there's so much of that 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 kids can have access to so we we want to protect and let me let me say that that is a good thing right we want to protect our children from evil we want to protect them from you know harm all of that is great but if we go too far into that we actually are doing them a disservice that's so good right because what what did david have that was needed to overcome it was confidence. Yes. It was God confidence and self-confidence. It was both. And if we take that away from our kids, we're literally taking away the tools that God wants to give them to be able to overcome hard things and hard situations. Wow. And so they get put in a position where they have to make a hard decision and they'll back down or they'll retreat or they'll go in and, and go in their room and, and, you know, all the things wow. that a lot of young people are dealing with right now, I feel like even could be just one thing could be connected to the depression they're experiencing, yep, the, yeah. the withdrawal they're experiencing because overstimulation yeah. and because as parents, we need to be able to equip them, be there for them, but also allow them to overcome some of their own battles, but be there for them to help yeah. them walk through it. Obviously, we're not going to say, okay, figure it out, kids, you know, but as parents, I, I'm learning this even more as our kids come into this new age bracket, right? Where they're having to learn some of these so hard good. battles, friendship relationships, youth group, you know, all these new things that this is new for us. And, you know, I would love for you to speak to this and how can leaders and parents do this the right way so that we can give kids opportunity to confront hard issues themselves, but also be there for them as mothers, fathers, leaders in their life to help walk them through that. I think the thing is so many times with young people, we get so scared that we focus on what they're saying no to versus what they're saying yes to. Mm. And I feel like that's the biggest thing for, for even in youth ministry, like a lot of times, what are camps, what are services? Come to the altar, get clean, you know, stop doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then that's the end of the service. And we hope for a God encounter. Oh, so yeah. we've, we've got them sin conscious, but we don't have them righteousness conscious. Whoa, bro. You know, say that, you know, oh, it's man. like, what are you saying yes to, you know? And, and it's like, what are we equipping them? It's like, it's almost like, are we teaching them how to live or are we just teaching them what not to do? Come on. You know, and a, a great example of this is, you know, 
students, they all hear God. No matter what age you are, you hear God. You might sense it as a feeling. You might be more of a feeler. You might be a perceiver. There's different ways. But let's say a student's a feeler, you know, and they, and they have anxiety at random times. They walk in a room and have anxiety. Everyone, all their friends are like, oh, you're having anxiety again. And so then they're all like praying it or, or maybe they're not praying it. They're just like, oh, man, that sucks. And the whole time, who's asking, acknowledge God in all your ways and he'll direct your path. Who's asking, is this God? Is this a God? Is this, you know, is this for somebody in the room? Did you have this before you showed up to the house or to the church? No. Wow. Huh. Maybe this is a thing that you're supposed to release for somebody that's going to bless you and the person. And so I just think sometimes we get so defensive that we forget that God is very offensive. I just really feel that students that when we see them, when we try to call out that gold, we're going to see a lot more fruit that way versus telling them what not to do. That is so, so good, bro. Like, man, you know, I was just even thinking, I mean, that's exactly why we did the uh, parent series of the episodes of Feeler, Knower, and Perceiver. That was good. Because of the fact that we understand, you know, even as parents, we want them to be aware of that, to have the spiritual awareness so that way their emotions or their connection to heaven is not a distraction, it's actually an opportunity. And I I love that because I think in a generation that's overstipulated, many times we can attribute some of the things that are happening to them to, you know, oh, it's too much TV or it's too much this or it's too much that when it's actually maybe heaven's trying to break in and get our kids' attention, but they just don't have, uh, whether it's the mentors, the youth pastors, or maybe even us as parents that don't have that awareness. I mean, one of the first things that we've, we've always talked about in our parenting classes that we've done online, and it's actually, you know, a series that we even want to do an episode is that, you know, we believe revival starts at home. Yes. And I think it's hard when we want revival to start at youth group. <laughs> and I think that's a, I think that's a that's wrong, so that is such a wrong responsibility to put on a youth pastor. And I've seen it. I mean, I've, we've been in ministry over 20 years. I yep. see the responsibility that's put on children's pastors and youth pastors to do the job of what a parent should have done. Yeah. And revival has to start at home. It has to start with us as parents, with us as leaders. And then the enhancement of that to go to another level begins at youth group or children's ministry. What would be some of the roadblocks that you're seeing even with that within youth groups of you know kids who come to your youth group whose parents are in church? What are some principles, keys that you can give leaders and parents on how we can begin to create a greater environment for their success and for you? You know, that's, that's, such, a, that's such a good question because I think the question that you're asking that I can answer from my position as a youth pastor and you being a youth parent and that being the case for, you know, many different listeners is I think that what the parents can do, what, what youth pastors can do better is have more of a connection with parents, That's you know, so have whether it's a Facebook group you have, hey, this is something we went over, you know, different things like that. You know, just there, I think on our on my end, I can do that as well. And That's I think good. on parents and um, I think it's to, hey, you're 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 spending time by having your st- you're investing your child's time to go to to go to a youth you know service which to you obviously is a very high priority because this is their relationship with God. Yeah. So therefore, when they're at home, I think 
hey, what did you learn? What what happened? Like, just have a little bit of dialogue. We all remember things way easier when someone asks us about it. That's good. We have to formulate in our own words what our experience was. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, go out of your way as a parent or as a leader, if you're not a parent, if it's someone in your church or in your circle. Yeah. Hey, how was youth? How's that going? You know, how has got, you know, what's been going on? Have you had any encounters? Just have a conversation with with the students, uh, with your children. I do feel like that is going to help the ball move forward because that's going to create that cohesiveness of, hey, I'm showing you what we're teaching and then you're almost regurgitating it back. Mm. That's good. You know. Yeah, that's so good. And I love how you're addressing it from what can parents do to kind of reinforce what their encounters are. That's good. But I wanted to ask a little bit of a flip side to this question for you. What do we do either in our homes as parents or in the church as leaders for those those young people that are coming that don't have that reinforcement at home? Maybe they come from an unstable environment. Maybe their home life is very unhealthy. Maybe they have abuse wow. even in their home. So I know that we're going to start encountering this where our kids bring their friends, yeah. you yeah. know, or, you know, you're experiencing that as a youth pastor where friends of some of the, the kids that do have good Christian homes and good stable environments are bringing friends. And I'm just curious, how do you approach those students and how, do you have any advice, first of all, to the youth that are in that position where they're, you know, they're having opportunities to actually start discipling the people around them. Right. Um, and then also how do we as leaders, as parents, as believers help those ones and create the environment so that it's not just, oh, I, I had an encounter with God, but now I'm going to back to this place where my life's in shambles. You know, how do you, how do you raise them up? You that's know, good. really, I'm talking about discipleship. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's really, that's a really deep question. And I think there's a lot of places you can go. But I think the first thing for, for students and just a community the need for community. One of my favorite scriptures, a good one is Proverbs thirteen twenty. Keep company with the wise and you will become wise. If you make friends with stupid people, you will be ruined. <laughs> straight, straight up from Proverbs. Um, and so I think for students, that proverb is for them. I think it's, hey, you need to understand that when you're with wise people, it's going to lead to life and life more abundantly for you. Good. And you're going to feel refreshed. But if you're around stupid people, you'll be ruined. I mean, Proverbs is just very yeah, straightforward. I love it. And so I think that just that truth for students is the awareness of, hey, I do need to have a good influence around me. Yeah. Uh, and if I don't have it, I need to make a way. And so you can make that with your youth pastor if you don't have yeah. friends. And on the backside for this, as a student, if you're on fire for God, you're 17 years old, you're loving it. Our job as, as believers isn't to pass on the responsibility to love others, to care for others, to our youth pastors, to our youth leaders. My job as a believer in Christ is to love people, to lay down my life for my brother, right? And so I think when that mindset happens in students and there's just a deeper care for the soul, I think for young people, it's like, man, I need, just like this proverb said, this guy might not have wise people around me and he may not be my perfect personality type, but and I may not even be able to spend all the time in the world, yeah. but let me spend a little bit of time with him. Let me share a little bit of my story. Most basic thing you can do when you hang out with somebody, share your story, your testimony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think 
just like those minimal practical things. Hey, students, hey, can you guys, like as a youth pastor, I'm talking to my youth leaders that are students. Hey, guys, when you see a new person hey, or someone that we, you know, may have a troubled home experience, have a conversation. Yeah. Ask about the story, share yours. And if it goes deeper, naturally, let it go deeper. I love that. You know, I, I'm really seeing a theme in two keys uh, that are really uh, connecting to the hearts of Gen Z that you guys, that you're really pastoring right now is... Um, going deeper connection yeah. and, and creating powerful God encounters for them. Like these are two things that are so needed for them right now. And I just love everything that you're sharing and just saying, and you know, as we were talking earlier, because this generation is so over stipulated, they have so much information, right? Yep. It's so much information, but we understand information has to become revelation. Yes. Right. And so question I have for you, and even just thinking about this, you know, you said a statistic about this generation is going to be the most educated mm-hmm. and you look at YouTube. I mean, you can, yeah. I mean, 20, 30, 40 years ago, what people went to college for to get a degree, you could get for free on YouTube now. And I mean, I mean, it's crazy. So you have a generation that has so much information, but maybe they're lacking in the application revelation part. What are some keys that you can give a leader or a parent right now concerning that? That's so good. Um, I think what's so important is that, that God is not looking for your perfection, but he's looking for your heart. And when I say your heart, it's your real story. It's your what God has done for you. It's what's real. And for you, what may be real to you may be feel very minimal, you know? So a, a couple examples, like, you know, Jesus, he restores a demon-possessed man, right? And that demon was legion, right? And yeah. so what happens is Jesus says, go and tell everyone. And he goes and, and he shares a story to that small city, that small testimony. Wow. And this guy probably didn't know Jesus before or anything like that. And, you know, everyone is amazed. You know, revival <laughs> breaks out, right? And we see the same thing with the woman at the wall. She has this moment with Jesus. Yeah. You know, she feels so known so by good. God. She goes and scholars hear revival takes place. I think we... We minimize the power of your current story with God, your current story, your current measure of faith, that it's your, God wants to take your current measure of faith. And when you share it, he puts the super on the natural because it's real. And so for young people, you know, um, I think when it comes for, you know, to go from information revelation, you just need to talk about what you believe. You need to share about what's real, what God is doing in your heart, what you believe God is speaking to. And it may feel so insignificant, but when it's honest and it's true and it's what God is saying to you in the moment, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. Like as someone who does a lot of prophetic evangelism anywhere I go, um, typically you want to have this fire word that (laughs) you got their last name in there, you know, and God, you know, is your last name, you know, whatever. And then they're like, yeah, oh my gosh. But sometimes, you know this, Matt, when you just yeah. say, oh, um, man, I just, you know, is it cool if I share something with you? I just feel like God wants to let you know that you're doing a great job as a yeah. mother. But that was God. It wasn't just your kind words. It was just, it was God. And it hits and they start weeping. It's not about your perfection. It's about your relationship with God, your current measure of faith. And when you give that, you're going to see things that are beyond what we can imagine or think. That's good. You know, and a cool testimony I'll share real quick is one of our students, you know, Noah, uh, he's so awesome. And we had a recent camp. He had this crazy, so simple, this encounter. And uh, it was this ministry time. He goes into this vision and, and he sees Jesus 
uh, sitting at the right hand, and he's just and in this vision, it's so crazy. It's so fun when you hear students share things because they're sharing from a raw place. You know, he starts weeping because he just feels the presence of God by just seeing this, and to see him weep at eleven, twelve years old of just seeing this vision of Jesus was so powerful. Yeah. And I told him, dude, when you just share that testimony, man, like because it's real to you, um, it's going to impact people. Wow. So that yeah, is so powerful. So good. Drake, it's so, so good. Um, you know, it's about that time. I want to wrap it up. But do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to leave the listener today? Yeah. Um, for, you know, as leaders, as parents, as we champion this Gen Z, um, I think the important thing is to champion them and that the revelation that they share, the revelation that they believe, as small as it may be, is what's going to change the narrative, is what's going to change their family, is what's going to change their friends, is when the information becomes revelation. Man, we want to encourage students, children, no matter what, um, how minimal it might be, what is real to them, what's the revelation that God has given them, what's their testimony, and encouraging them to share that. And I think when they share that from a real authentic place, any age, doesn't matter who you are, you are going to melt in that presence of God because it's a true testimony. It's a true story from, um, and that, and that's, that's David. He shared from a real place, shifted a nation. Wow, bro. That is fire, man. It's been an honor to have you on another episode. We definitely going to have some more of Drake here and further episodes. Drake, uh, for the listener, the parent, the leader out there, who's listening to this may have some questions or want to connect with you. How can they continue to gleam, learn from you and uh, reach out to you? Absolutely. You know, Facebook, Instagram, you can connect with me. Uh, my name is unique. So I'm the only Draco Yao in the world. So I just keep my, my tags pretty similar, uh, pretty simple. So just Drake. Oh, um, you could find me there. And how do you spell your last name? O-Y-A-O. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Hey, make sure to check out the show notes to see how to follow Drake and continue to gleam. And also a parent or leader, if you have questions for Drake, make sure to reach out to him uh, from this episode. And remember, family is where life begins. Destiny is found. Identity is enhanced. And love never ends. If this podcast is a richer life, make sure to rate it, review, and subscribe. And would you share this podcast with a friend or family member as it helps us to extend our reach? Thank you for listening to this show today. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. We are out. Be blessed. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.